We're so happy you've joined us today. God wants to do so much for you and through you, and we want to hear about it. Send us your story to pastor at relevant316.com. If you want to support this ministry financially, hop on our website at relevant316.com. There you'll find different giving options to suit your needs. Once again, thanks so much for joining us today. Hello, Relevant Church. It's 11.30 service. I thought I had a little bit more energy out there. Hello, Relevant Church. Okay, that's more like it. Yes, yes. My name is Andrea Scott. I'm originally from Jamaica, but I grew up in Florida, and I'm a relatively new uh, Riverside resident. I moved here under three years ago for a position at Cal Baptist, California Baptist University. Any CBUers? Any Lancers in the house? Lance up. Nice, nice, nice. Uh, I'm looking forward to what the Lord has in store for us today. Uh, let's pray together. Even now, Lord Jesus, we bless you. We thank you for your faithfulness, your mercy, your love, your kindness, your presence, your grace. We thank you that you are here with us. Lord, I pray that you would open our ears, our eyes, our hearts to what you have for us. Lord, I desire to be used that you would speak through me, that I'd only say what you have. That all of us will be drawn that much closer to you and get a fresh glimpse of your goodness and your care for us. We love you, Jesus, and we long to love you more. I pray these things with thanksgiving in Christ's name. Y'all ready? Okay. Before we go any further... I want to set some ground rules. I'm an educator by trade, and so setting expectations is important, okay? So I've got about five things that I want to put out there as ground rules for our conversation today. The first one, remember, everyone was born single. It's a status some keep for life, others change it, and some return to it. Our ability to control our status is pretty limited. Okay? Number two. Single is a descriptor, not an identity. I'm a single person. Married people don't say, I'm a married. Okay? At the risk of giving you a grammar lesson, statuses are modifiers, and each individual is the noun. It's our identity, our personhood that matters. Number three, let's bring it up early and affirm what scripture, what we know scripture says and Pastor Jonathan uh, talked about already. Sex belongs in marriage only. And in case there's any confusion, sex is celebrated by God between folk who are married to each other. (laughs) Either you're married to the person you're having sex with or sleeping with or you're not. Kind of married isn't a thing. I'm going to leave it there for now. All right. Number four. Let's agree that we won't enter into a who's got life harder competition. Yes, you've been single and I've never been married. But unless you're a clone that um, I don't know about, you've never been me. He who feels it knows it. Look, the lives we each of us lead offer us constant reminders which side of heaven we're on no matter our status. 
like the Facts of Life song, the theme song. You take the good, you take the bad, you take them both, and there you have the Facts of Life. There you go. Because quite frankly, if we were going to have a competition, uh, the, it's, uh, the only group that would win every single time are single parents. So let me offer a shout out to all the single moms and dads out there. God bless you. Okay. The last ground rule, and I want to be very clear, that although this is the gig I never wanted, and I never expected to be a not yet married woman at this stage of life, I offer sincere kudos to Relevant for inviting a currently single person to share. Married folk, we've been listening to you go on and on about life and love and everything in between. So on behalf of the single folk, who are also a part of uh, God's body, I'm thrilled to participate in the conversation. So I'm scheduled to be the final uh, session in this relationship series, and it's afforded me the chance to see the common themes that have arisen over the last several weeks. The thread that I've observed is that no matter your current relationship status, your relationship with God is what's paramount. We've talked about married and complicated and broken relationships. Today, we're going to consider relationships from a single person's perspective. I mentioned that I'm an educator by trade. I'm also a researcher, so did a little research. And according to social science, the 2012 U.S. Census suggests that approximately 80% of all people enter marriage or some type of pair bond, significant pair bond, over the course of their life, 80%. While this doesn't indicate that every person will marry and stay married because death, separation, or divorce are realities, it shouldn't be much of a surprise to see that God created us to do life in community. We were never intended to live, to do life alone and we see this modeled by the first and most passionate lover of our soul, God, our creator. He has promised to never leave us or forsake us. He knit us in our mother's wombs. He counted and knows the number of hairs on our head. He collects our tears. He calls us his beloved. Now, before you worry that I'm about to tell you that you need to go on a date with Jesus... Let me assure you, <laughs> that is not the plan, okay? What I would like to do, however, is to take a look at the life of Joseph. Joseph is a single dude with a spotless walk who endured no ends of drama, but stayed anchored in whose he was. In many ways, he models the faith and confidence in God that I aspire to in my own journey with Jesus. And while I am not always successful in the pursuit, I will share about the Lord's faithfulness to me as I aim to stay anchored in whose I am. All right, so Joseph's story in the Bible takes up quite a few chapters in the book of Genesis, but we'll only touch on the highlights. Okay, here we go. So Joseph was the favorite son of Jacob. He had 11 brothers. 
And for the theater fans in the room, I seriously considered staging a scene from Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat. I'm a huge fan of that production, but I decided that instead of Andrew Lloyd Webber, we will stick with the Bible. Okay, so... <laughs> so, God re- reveals Joseph's future to him through uh, these dreams. But these dreams annoy his family to no end because in the dreams, Joseph is, uh, is, is told that he's going to rule over his family, including mom and dad. And remember, he's a second from the bottom. So imagine your baby brother being like, you know what, one day... So even Daddy Jacob is a little peeved by all this dream telling. So the reality is that Joseph is maybe not so savvy in how he is uh, in keeping the dreams to himself. He's telling folks. His brothers eventually get tired of all that lip. And the next time he's coming for a visit when they're working in the fields, they capture him, wind up throwing him in a pit. And um, then they go back to their father, Daddy uh, Jacob, um, after they've uh, dipped his, his beautiful coat in blood, go back to him, and I'm going to read a passage from Genesis 37. These people are a trip. All his sons and daughters rose up to comfort him, Jacob, but he refused to be comforted. So I want you to understand, they have thrown their brother in the pit, pretended he's dead, and then go, oh, Daddy, Joseph, Daddy Jacob, we so sorry, Joseph is dead. Oh, and they're trying, you know, they're acting like they're really upset, but it was them who put him in the pit. So look, I don't know your family situation, but this one is a highly dysfunctional family. Soap operas and reality TV have nothing on the Bible. You hear me? All right. So let me pause for a second. I'm sure each of us can think of a time when we've been rejected. Whether it's being, not being selected for a job or being passed over for a promotion, perhaps it's being the last to be picked for a team, not being invited for prom, or not being invited on a date for the last year, or not being invited on a date in many years. Maybe your teenage or preteen children are now asking you not to pick them up, not to drop them off, not to be anywhere near them when friends are present. Whatever form it takes, each of us knows what it is like to be rejected. Sometimes after our friends marry or a relationship ends and your girl's night or date night morphs into Netflix and just Netflix. Or maybe Netflix and Ben and Jerry's. (laughs) We can be tempted to wallow, especially if we get on social media and we see the entire world having epic adventures that take place in front, in front of perfectly plated food that is only made to, paragraph, to photograph, sorry, and not to eat because everybody is at least 30 pounds lighter than you and you're getting the stubborn, loose, stubborn belly fat ads still. What is that? (laughs) Mm. First point. When I am rejected, I must remember God says I'm chosen. Please note, it is when. It's not an if situation here. It is a when. I am rejected. I must remember God says I'm chosen. 
Isaiah 43, 1 reminds us, but now thus says the Lord, he who created you, O Jacob, he who formed you, O Israel, fear not, I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. That is a precious thought. I have to hold on to that. Uh, in, in the New Testament, in 1 Peter 2.9, it says, But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. The Lord has called believers into a special place. We are chosen. We are on purpose. It's important to remember that when we're rejected. Let's go on. So Joseph was in a pit. Some Midianites were riding by on their camels. They're like, oh, look, there's a guy in a pit. Let's take him back to where we come from. And he then becomes a slave in Potiphar's house. So Joseph is sold as a slave in Potiphar's house. This young man is so sharp that he eventually is now running Potiphar's house. Why? Because the Lord was with Joseph. Genesis 39, 2 through 4. The Lord was with Joseph and he became a successful man. His master saw that the Lord was with him and the Lord caused all he did to succeed in his hands. All right, so Joseph, he's running things. Apparently, he's kind of hot, too. And Potiphar's wife, she's like, ooh, I want some of that. (laughs) All right? So um, she approaches, hey, Joseph, what you doing? Okay, she does a little bit more than that. But Joseph loves God so much too much to give in, she lies on him, and he winds up in jail. No, Potiphar does not execute him. Let's let that sink in. So his life is preserved, but he's no longer running things. He's been sent to jail. I want to read um, Joseph's response to Mrs. Potiphar. But he refused and said to his wife, his master's wife, basically, you know, your husband has put me in in charge of everything. No, he has not kept back anything from me except you because you are his wife. Here's Here's where it really gets powerful. How then can I do this great wickedness and sin against God? He isn't even talking about sinning against Potiphar. He goes straight to this wickedness is against God. Look, as a culture, we are far too fixated on sex. And unfortunately, the church gets sucked in to this myth of casual sex, choosing instead to deny how good God's rules are. Folk love to talk about, well, I don't want to judge because God doesn't judge me. Hmm. Let's take a look at what the Bible says. In John 8, where Jesus speaks... um, uh, this is where Jesus is speaking to the woman who's caught in adultery. And I always get a kick out of the way the, the men who wrote that chapter talks about the woman getting caught in adultery like, like she was there by herself. <laughs> anyway, so <laughs> the woman gets caught in adultery. And this is now, you know, you know, if you know the story, Jesus, as the folks who decided maybe they won't throw that stone, Jesus is writing in the sand. We all wonder, what did Jesus write? He'll tell us eventually if we need to know when we get to heaven. But that's not the point of the story. He stands up. John 8, 11. Jesus stood up and said to her, woman, where are they? Talking about her accusers. Has no one condemned you? 
She said, no one, Lord. And Jesus said, neither do I condemn you. And folks love to stop right there and be like, see? But the verse is not done. And from now on, sin no more. That's how the verse ends. It doesn't matter how unpopular chastity is in the world's eyes. It's what God has designated for unmarried people. It's that simple. We're not to be sleeping with folk we're not married to. Look, I did not make the rules. But I know God expects and values obedience. My prayer is to grow in my faith to where I see sin and disobedience as a great wickedness against God. I want my choices to be motivated by my love for him more than for any other reasons. It's a journey that I'm on. So, now, can you imagine how folk talked about our boy Joseph? Okay? Because think about it. Potiphar is way up there in Egypt. So you know Mrs. Potiphar was looking good. Right? You know she was a beautiful woman. So can you imagine the scuttlebutt? What is wrong with Joseph? What is wrong with Joseph? Can't he see how fine Mrs. Potiphar is? Look, when God blesses you with a season of contentment in your single state, and he will, folk wonder what's wrong with you. Some, friend, some single friends will, uh, will surely know what I'm talking about here because we have all been asked the question, why aren't you married? I've actually had folk from offer several unsolicited reasons to me for why um, I am unmarried over the years. Oh, 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 they're good. Here we go. At the top, I'm too picky. I need to adjust. They, won't, they don't always want to say lower. I need to adjust my standards. I'm too independent. I'm too smart. I'm too dark. I'm too outspoken. I'm too loud. I'm too holy. I'm too liberated. I'm too funny. I'm too educated. My hair is too natural. I'm too career-oriented. I'm too talented. My favorite, I'm too intimidating. All five, two of me. <laughs> As you can imagine, when folks say some of these things, I want to ask them, so do you think your husband chose you because you're not so bright and you're kind of spineless? <laughs> what is that? <laughs> of course not. So my friends, my friends, beware of the assumptions we make as to the reasons someone is single. You are not living their life. So number two, when I'm slandered or misunderstood, I must remember God says, I'm beloved. I am beloved. I am beloved. Matthew 10, 28 through 30 says to us, and do not fear those who kill the body and cannot kill the soul. Rather fear him who can destroy both body and soul in, in, in hell. Are not two sparrows sold for one penny? And not one of them fall to the ground apart from your father. But even the hairs on your head 
are all numbered. We are beloved. We are beloved. Zephaniah 3.17, uh, it's a verse that we used to sing at a camp that I grew up um, in, in Florida. And it says, the Lord your God in the midst, a mighty one who will save. He will rejoice over you with gladness. He will quiet you by his love. He will exult over you with loud singing. He will exult, rejoice over you with loud singing. And uh, I love the fact that the singing is loud. It's an enthusiastic singing. He delights in you, his creation. I don't know if you've ever been serenaded, but you know how marvelous it feels, especially if the person can sing. But even if they can't sing, when it's an enthusiastic serenading, it feels wonderful. So think about that. The God of the universe is singing over you. You are his beloved. That is awesome. Let's get back to our story, poor Joseph. So Joseph is in jail. He's in Potiphar jail. Not sure. I'm thinking it's probably not San Quentin, but, you know, could be rough. All right. And he becomes head prisoner. This guy, you can't stop him. He is head prisoner now. Why? Because as always, the Lord was with Joseph. And so he winds up interpreting the dreams of some fellow prisoners Two different prisoners, two different dreams, two different interpretations, two very different outcomes for these people. One guy gets his head chopped off. Sorry. Second guy gets reinstated back into Pharaoh's um, work. So now he's in the uh, Pharaoh's uh, um, uh, employee. And Joseph says to the guy who's heading back to the castle, hey, Remember what I did, okay? So hook your brother up when the time comes. He's like, hey, I got you. Two years later, <laughs> when, when Pharaoh's having some bad dreams, then the ex-prisoner's like, oh, yeah, there's this guy in, 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 in a Potiphar prison who can, um, who can interpret dreams. And so God enables Joseph to interpret Pharaoh's dream, and he uh, eventually rises to the top because he interprets the dream, and they wind up... Uh, um, uh, doing proper saving of, of resources because there's a famine coming. And all this is because of what Joseph saw in his dream. So I need you to understand, Joseph is so smooth, so smooth that he recommends himself for, the, for Egypt's top job. I tell you, I like this guy. Now look, <laughs> to, be, to be sure, I am not saying that Joseph is teaching us that we will all become CEOs and multimillionaires if we endure. That is not what I'm saying. What I am saying is that the Lord was with Joseph and the Lord is with us. Here's the thing. At this stage, I have participated in well over a dozen weddings, either as a maid of honor or a bridesmaid or a soloist. And as an irrational optimist and a perennial um, uh, extrovert, I have easily attended a gazillion weddings, bridal showers, and bachelorette parties. So consequently, I have a traumatic, involuntary, and visceral reaction to all the single ladies. Yeah, that is not my anthem in any way, shape, or form. So I would be lying if I said I never have feelings of, when will it be my turn, dear Jesus? 
to be clear, I would like to be married, but I don't have to be married. I don't have to be married. My sense of purpose, fulfillment, calling, reason for being was determined long before I even knew what a wedding was. God's plan for me and his kingdom are independent of my marital status. And I believe this is true for every person in this room. Each of us is created for his pleasure and to bring him glory End of sentence. So, when I'm forgotten and overlooked, I must remember, this is point number three, I must remember God sees me and he knows me. Who doesn't love Psalm 139? Oh, Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know when I sit down and when I rise up, you discern all my thoughts from afar. You search out my path and my lying down and are acquainted with all my ways. Even before a word is on my tongue, behold, O Lord, you know it all together. You hem me in and behind and before you lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high. I can't attain it. Where shall I go from your spirit? Or where shall I flee from your presence? For you have formed my inward parts You knitted me together in my mother's womb. Each of us is created for his pleasure and to bring him glory. So we're going to wrap up um, this part of the story. The famine hits the land of Israel hard. So Jacob and his many sons and daughter or daughters, it's not really clear because, well, they don't get as much airtime. <laughs> Everybody's hungry. Everybody's real hungry. And Jacob says, I'm going to need you to go to Egypt. I hear there's food there. So the boys, they pack up and they're like, we are going to Egypt. We're going to do our best to bring back food for our families. And so, remember, Joseph is running things in Egypt and As you probably know by now, you see how this is going? The brothers come back, and they are bowing down to Joseph and asking him for food. And Joseph was like, 11, 10 at the time. 10, what, what, you know something? That looked like Reuben. Comes to realize these are his brothers. His brothers who rejected him, left him for dead, are now standing and sitting, bowing before him. So he's grieved. He's overcome when he realizes what's going on. He kind of messes with them a little. I would have done the same thing. You know, he puts a cup in their, in their sack and be like, you stole my cup. Does all sorts of things to them. But at the same time, he never stopped loving them. So he insists that they go back and bring back the youngest son. So he says, well, you know, I, I, they, they're trying to... Uh, he winds up keeping one of the brothers as a prisoner because of this cup situation. And he insists that um, he's not going to release anybody until all of them, including the baby brother, is here. So can you imagine these men now have to go back to their dad and say, Dear Daddy, um, here's what happened. And now Rube, the, one of the, I don't remember which son, but one of the sons is still there. And we can't get back that one until we bring Benjamin. And Jacob's like, you, you can't be serious. 
The last time all y'all went out, you came back without Joseph. Do you really think I'm going to let Benjamin go? And he refuses for a while. But then he gets hungry. Everybody's hungry. The babies are hungry. And he realizes he needs to let Benjamin go. So Benjamin and the rest of the the brothers go back to Egypt. And at that point, um, Joseph throws a banquet. And they're all kind of a little confused. None of this is registering with them. They're not realizing who um, Joseph is still. So Joseph throws a banquet. And while the brothers dine and cautiously celebrate, they're all kind of waiting like, what's going on? Joseph turns aside and he weeps. Genesis 43, 23, 29, and 30. This is Joseph speaking. Joseph lifted up his eyes and saw his brother Benjamin, his mother's son, and said, Is this your youngest brother of whom you spoke to me? God be gracious to you, my son. And then Joseph hurried out. For his compassion grew warm for his brother, and he sought a place to weep. And he entered his chamber and he wept there. Take a pause. Can we note for a second that Joseph is experiencing these these really hard pangs of loneliness, perhaps wondering what he's missed out on, even as he's surrounded by a ton of people. And not just people, but by his own family. As we all know, it is possible to feel profound exclusion, even in a crowd. So, brothers and sisters, how can we alleviate this in our own congregation, in our workplaces, in our homes? This phenomena is not relegated to single people only. (laughs) And because the Lord is ever with us, we are more empowered, even when it's awkward and we risk rejection, We are empowered to do life in concert with others. What a good God. You know, my my life verse is uh, John 16, 33. It says, these things I have spoken unto you that in me you might have peace. In this world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer, for I have overcome the the world. And sometimes I think I should have picked money cometh as my life verse. But I'll stick with John 16.33 because Christ has overcome the world and that power lives in me and enables me to love others even when I feel alone or abandoned. So point number four, when I feel alone or abandoned, I must remember God hears me. He never leaves me and he helps me. Psalm 3 tells us, but you, O Lord, are a shield about me, my glory and the lifter of my head. I cried out to the Lord and he answered me from his holy hill. Ah, you just kind of want to shout hallelujah with that, don't you? I cried out to the Lord. He hears us when we cry. He hears us when we whisper. Hebrews 13 puts a challenge. He says, keep your life free from the love of money and be content with what you have, for he has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So we can confidently say, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear. What can man do to me? And you can say it just like that, to me. So how do we live? How do we serve and live well with others? We remember that it is the power of God within us to do his good work. We don't have to rely on ourselves. Because it's simply not about us. 
All right, so allow me to offer a handful of action items. Again, as a good professor, I'm going to give you some homework. All right. I am an old-fashioned kind of gal who still believes that men are made to pursue. So, ladies, if you're keeping this thing alive because you're always the one reviving the text conversation, release yourself and make room for the guy who can't stop thinking about you. I'm speaking to myself this morning. I did some deletes. Gone. Messages too, not just the contact information. I see you. Messages too. Release yourself. Now for the fellas in the room. Mm-hmm. Those who have been eyeballing and praying about a certain girl, a certain woman, Quit circling, the, circling and land the plane. Land the plane, gentlemen. If you're interested, ask her out. Do this already. Married folk, you are not off the hook. We need friendships across marital statuses. When was the last time you invited a handful of single friends to come by for dinner? or for game night, to do something other than babysit. Yes, I went there. <laughs> for everyone in the room, I remind you that you are chosen, beloved, seen, known, heard, and held by an amazing God. The life of Joseph uh, and this extended season of singlehood has taught me three things. The first is the reward of patience. Like Joseph, I've had a lot of practice waiting for unfulfilled dreams. This cultivates a long-term perspective that helps keep eternity in mind. I will not put life on pause because I'm not coupled. That is ridiculous. <laughs> Joseph had his hustle on and so will I. This life is fleeting, so I'm constantly asking myself, what am I doing with my life that is of eternal consequence? Second lesson is the gift of grace. So Joseph models forgiveness and working past multiple offenses in an incredible way. I've been dealing with stupid and insensitive comments for most of my life. My prayer is to forgive quickly and often because the Lord is constantly pouring out his grace on me. I have to keep forgiving and asking for forgiveness because having friends is part of how we do life on purpose, how we live our purpose. The third uh, lesson is the power of gratitude. Joseph lived from a posture of gratitude. He had dodged death on multiple occasions. He was constantly rewarded for his faithfulness. As a person who lives with lupus, I have a genuine appreciation not only for every new day, but for the measure of freedom, singlehood, currently affords me. I've traveled to over 30 countries, 
I have friends all over the world. I have a unique perspective on how to do life and how to lead my team because I'm a single person, not in spite of being a single person. Understand the difference. I am a grateful, 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 grateful soul. In my 30s, I bought myself this ring. On the inside of the ring, it's on um, the ring finger of my right hand. So, so I had a friend once who said, see, that's why folks won't ask you out. They think you're married. I'm like, no, that would be this hand. If they can't figure out the hands, is that really someone I should consider? Anyway, uh, I digress. <laughs> so on the inside of this ring, it says, my beloved. I got it in my 30s. You know, Joseph started his ministry. Uh, he was appointed in Pharaoh's home at 30. Samuel started his ministry at 30. David um, got uh, serious about his, his service at 30. Even Jesus started his ministry at 30. So I don't know where you are in relation to being 30, but it's a milestone to pay attention to and leverage. It's about when I got my ring, and it made a huge difference in how I saw myself moving forward. Look, none of us know how long singleness will last or when we will return to that state after marriage. Do you hear me? What I do know is that God has been pursuing you harder than anyone you have ever known including your current or future spouse. So when will you allow yourself to be wholly beloved? Dear God, thank you. Thank you for loving us with a love that is beyond understanding. Thank you for drawing yourself, drawing us to yourself. Lord, we're desperate to love you more. We're desperate to love others well. We thank you for your help. We thank you that you promised never to leave us. Hear our cry, dear Jesus. I pray these things with thanksgiving. Christ. Thanks again for listening to this week's message. We'd love to stay connected with you. Find us on Facebook and on Instagram at Relevant Riverside. We hope you have a great week.